inside the recording studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing all right, Jody. That Fan. was a very musical intro. I like that. <laughs> well, you know, once in a while, it's bound to happen. <laughs> Right? Yeah. No, I dig it. No, I'm good. How are you doing? I am having a rather different kind of day today. I started off yesterday with, well, not starting it off, but sometime in the afternoon, I actually burnt my tongue and the roof of my mouth. So I'm still in the throes of recovery on pain in my orifice that emits the words. And today, <laughs> after having uh, about a grand total of maybe 11 inches of snowfall in the past week. Today, we're going Jesus. to be at a temperature of 50 degrees. Yeah. Wow. Which means so that all that- It's going to be wet. <laughs> it wasn't very much snow that fell in the last week, but now it's all going to melt away and just be even more of a reason for me to say sayonara to this year's ski season. <laughs> Oh, that's which is a drag. I know yeah. you. Yeah, I hear you. All right, that's the ski report again. That's but, the ski uh, report of like this week. Some, and there's and some wet weather in your future. Yes, yeah. and and there might be the occasional <laughs> during this podcast. And if it happens, I will do my best to edit it out. But that would be gigantic, hundreds of pounds of ice falling off the roof. <laughs> And crashing on the floor below. <laughs> okay. So don't be That's alarmed. That's a forewarned. Don't call the you, fire department. Yeah, if you hear yeah. something that sounds like a bomb going off, it is ice falling off of the roof. All right. <clears throat> okay. You know what else sounds like a bomb going off? No. Recording guitars. Yes, it's it certainly DIing can. guitars. <laughs> what a transition <laughs> right there. <laughs> right? I stick the landing. <laughs> well done. No, you. We're, we're... Yeah, right? No, we're talking about... Um, Different ways of recording guitar today, and specifically DIing guitars. Yes, in okay, other so words, we're not no miking involved in this episode. No, <laughs> no miking involved in the in the making of this episode. Right? <laughs> um, no, that, that's true, and I think you know, unless we are fortunate enough that we have either a good collection of amps or even just a great sounding amp mm -hmm. unless we have a location where we can you know effectively mic that up and and enjoy all the benefits that that gives i think a lot of i'm i'm going out on a limb but but probably a lot of the listeners to this podcast are probably used to diing guitars and i think it happens more and more and more these days so sure um, that's what we're talking about today yeah and I know for, you know, just personally, the for my own stuff that I'm involved in, I can't remember the last time I mic'd up an you amp. Know, I mic'd a cabinet for it, yeah, <laughs> that I was performing on. Yeah. I mean, it goes back quite a while. All, I mean, all the years, the composition and, and um, you know, session work is generally just like DI stuff for me. And, oh, yeah. And so, you know, and I'm sure it's pretty much the same for you. Yeah. Very much so. It, it I think. It was probably, I want to say somewhere around 2009, 2010, maybe a yeah. little earlier than that. I can't remember the year that I met Mark Gallo from, yeah, from Studio from Devil. Studio Devil, yeah. And it was at NAMM. And it had a lot to do with just, you know, you're, you're walking around and you're seeing all the beautiful items that 
these companies want to showcase and sell you. And it was a different year for me that year because I had an, a badge on that. How, how do I put uh, it? It said artist on it, mm-hmm. which is a different type of badge from your typical visitor badge or your exhibitor badge or, or what have you. And it was from the recording Academy as I was a Grammy artist uh, that year. And for whatever reason, that really, that really piqued Mark's, interest. And he was like, you know, as I'm walking by and I hear this like little guitar sound come out of this little speaker, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. I need to, <laughs> I need to listen to this because this sounds really fucking good. Um, so I sat and played with it for a brief moment. And of course at Nam, it's so darn loud. You don't really get to know what anything really sounds like until you get it home, so to speak, to check it out. Sure. But yeah. that being said, it was mind blowing. It was like the expansion just went off because most of the time prior to that, me hearing any kind of amp sim was like, meh, that's just junk. (laughs) And then, then, then along comes studio devil and my, my mind was blown and things changed. And the biggest factor to that at that point in time was his use of cabinets that were impulse responses. Yeah. That that changed everything for me. And at that point forward, it was like me exploring every other amp sim by turning off their cabinet simulators and putting in impulse responses. And at the time, and still now to now, uh, for probably 99% of everything I do with impulse responses and direct guitar recordings, red wires. Yeah. Is, is yeah. the, the go-to choice for cabinets and mics in the, in that regard in the impulse responses that they have created. So that's about, I think when my, maybe it was before, you know, it was before 2010, wasn't it? It, it goes back a while, but, but yeah. yeah. I, it, I'm, oh man, I'm missing. I remember that. And I remember it cause I was at the same NAM show and we bumped into each other and you Chris, you you, you got to you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Um, it was mind blowing. I, I mean, it changed my yeah. whole perspective. Yeah. No, I may. I, I know it made a huge impact on you, and um, it, it was a big thing because at that point, it wasn't that everything that that was sort of venturing into this um, DI and guitar recording thing was inherently really bad, but but that was a definite step up of um, realism, shall we say. Yes. How that's on. Because I think some of the the amp sims that, that were out, and I'm talking about hardware boxes, because I, I, I had a similar um, reaction when I heard the first pod mm-hmm. that came out, the little bean shaped, like the red version one. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this actually does high gain sounding pretty good. And now, in retrospect, we listen to all oh, the first generation pod. It's like, yeah, okay, it leaves <laughs> perhaps a little bit to be desired, but at that point, it was it was pretty cool. So it's about that same area or some era um, where this started becoming, for me at least, a, a reality. reality. Yeah, uh, definitely. yeah, of doing that. So um, 
you know, so a lot to cover. So when, when we're doing this, so um, that was the sort of impetus for, for both of us, I think, <laughs> for, yeah. kind of going into that. Getting into the direct uh, input for guitar recording. It changed, yeah. it changed the game. Uh, it really did for yeah, me. Absolutely. Uh, just because even though I, the studio, I was able to mic stuff up to be able to dial up a sound that fast and to be able to dial up so many sounds that fast. Yeah. It was just like, right. Oh, I, I was all in and I changed my whole game, but I didn't do it the same way everybody else did. So, uh, maybe in a future episode or maybe I can touch on it lightly in this one, but maybe in a future yeah. episode, I really kind of do I'll dive into like really how I'm doing it because I don't, I don't think I do it the same way as anybody else. And it yeah, leads to not, people but, going, I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, but Another thing there where it comes to, let's say that you have, um, and you did have in your studio where you had the ability to, to mic up cabs and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. But then the other part of that is like most people, I would say the average person will have maybe two or three cabinets that they would use, different sure. cabinets. But now all of a sudden you have red wires when you got I don't know. There's a good 40, different cabs. 40 or 50 cabinets yeah. with all and, kinds and, of different markings. Yeah. So, you know, with all now today we, we, we talk about this and it, and it sounds like, you know, old man yelling at a cloud here, the amazement <laughs> out of what we have, but, um, but, but what luxury that is, you know? So even if it's like, Oh, I really like to have, I'm going to try to see what it sounds like with a U87 on my, you know, four by 12 with greenbacks or whatever. Yeah. Well, most people might not have a, a U87 in their mic locker, but, <laughs> yeah. but now you can use. So so the benefits go beyond just one of practicality where right. we, you know, options galore. Right? Options galore. It's almost like options overload. So let's talk about how we're getting a guitar into the box, so to speak. Sure. You, well, do you want to kick us off? Or sure, should, I can kick it I? off. For for Go a vast for majority of people, and they're working in their home studio type things, they're going to be using an audio interface. So essentially, mm -hmm. you're going to plug that guitar into one of your inputs on your audio interface. That's pure and simple. And if yeah. you adhere to a previous episode about gain staging... <laughs> <laughs> you yep. want your input of your guitar roughly about minus 18 dB because when you are plugging into the average amp from a guitar with a cable, that is the amount of gain that is generally going in the front end of your amp. That's why I, that's another reason for picking minus 18. That's where that, that, imp, that, that input value comes from. For me. Yeah. I, I say there, there's a certain caveat to that. Yeah, there is. For me, because the way I look at it is, that, yeah, if you're going straight in with a guitar, but there are other parameters that, that, that change that. Sure. It's like how output of the guitar pickups that you have that changes that a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you're using, if you're going into um, the front of an amp, you might use boost signals. That kind of thing. So, so we can there get to are that. ways. Yeah, but we, we will. But I mean, so so I would say, don't be. And and you'll stab me next time we're in, we're in the <laughs> same room together. Um, I wouldn't be too concerned necessarily, with like Nazi esque with minus eighteen. No, no, but it's a general reference. Do, 
Yeah, but you don't want to go too hot because it's, you know, it's you won't like the results. So, and I think there's even some software now where they actually have on the amp sim, they'll have a gauge. Okay, make sure your guitar is within this range, right? So you just want to make sure that you're you're not um, too low, but you're not cranking it either. So watch your peaks, people. I guess that's that, that's the that's Chris's <laughs> the takeaway thing from on the that. game staging. Uh, yes, th- yeah, that that's me. Yeah. So yeah, okay, I, so I recommend going in on a regular input just to, to kind of be blunt about that. I don't recommend the high Z inputs ever. That's just me. So that's all I, all of that we'll ever say about that for now. Uh, another way that I agree. you can do the DI thing is if you're using a board, you go direct right into your, you know, get tar cable into the line input on your mixing board is another method right there. Absolutely. And then yeah. The, another way, if you're further away from all of this stuff, is you're probably going to use your guitar cable into a DI box. And then from your DI box, you're using an XLR cable to go from the DI box into your board. Or, you know, some audio interfaces, maybe you don't have a quarter inch input and you're going to go from a DI box into an XLR into your audio interface as well. So those are the primary ways uh, ways of getting from your guitar into your system. You're going to either have a quarter inch input or quarter inch to DI, DI, XLR to your input there. Yep. Pretty much that's there how go. it goes. Bing, bang, Yeah, bong. pretty simple. Point A to B, essentially. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, beauty of it, I suppose. It's just so simple. It's so easy guitar players can do it, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> He's self, he says self-deprecating. Um, but uh, yeah, the, there's really nothing to it than that. I think people sometimes make it too hard. Or, yes. Or, or make it more confusing than it needs to be. It's like, no, just go right into your interface. Let the software take care of it if you're going that route. Welcome uh, to my world. I will complicate it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want to touch on what you said you mentioned they're just going DI into a board. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, depending on the type of music that we do, but that might actually be just the the only tone that you need. Yes. That maybe slap a little compression on it. And if you're doing funk stuff, awesome. You know, th- there's a lot of sort of like classic tones that are, that are done during sort of like the height of the session era where it's just right into the board. And... Uh, if you think of, you know, players like, um, oh my God, no, his <laughs> brain fart. Ma- I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, Who are you gonna say, Michael Landau? Paul, no, I was gonna. No, um, I mean, I'm sure he did it as well as did Lukather. But yeah. um, I was thinking of, uh, is it Paul Jackson Jr. Oh, Who's doing like all the, the the funk stuff? Oh, I have no idea. You're asking me okay. a question well, that I don't know the answer to either. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, uh, but but yeah, a lot of those those funk guys would would, would do uh, that and it would, straight into the know, board, just, not even through an amp. Right, yep. it just sounds awesome. I yeah. actually had this conversation with another famous uh, keyboardist slash producer songwriter at his studio. Um, which is an interesting thing in and of itself because you've heard this guy's gen uh, most often you've probably heard this guy's work somewhere 
in life. Mm-hmm. And his name is CJ Vanston. And CJ Vanston is a keyboard player, but he's also a producer and owns a studio in North Hollywood. And he has recorded some pretty hefty people over the, the course of his career. In addition to that, he also is one of the artistic factions to the grand movie of Spinal Tap. (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't heard of Spinal Tap, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Get off this episode now and go watch Spinal Tap before you come back. Um, CJ and I- finish this episode, then go listen. Yeah, exactly. Then go watch. Do do something. Anyway, you you must watch Spinal Tap. Anyway. Required watching. Yes. the, The idea of reason why I'm bringing this up is because I got harangued online talking about going direct as a guitar player by all of the amp purist types and such. Of course you did. And CJ goes, you know, some people would have their minds completely removed from their skulls if they found out that there's tone that they love from whatever, you know, song ABC was actually done direct. And he was talking about even distorted values where some guy would plug straight into the board. They'd just push the input gain on the channel until it distorted. They'd pull down the fader so that it was the right level going in on the tape. And boom, that was the distortion sound. No box, no stomp pedal, no nothing. It was just the guitar direct to the board, the board distorting direct to the tape. So, Hmm. and he goes, if people knew that kind of stuff, it would blow their minds. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I understand. And his response on all of that, and it's the same response that I would have is, it doesn't matter how you get to the sound. All that matters is that sound is correct for the part that you're doing to make the song work. Absolutely. So, yeah, don't be afraid of direct guitar recording just because you think it's not purest. It's whatever the sound is and if it's right for the part. So to skip on, let's start talking about the chains that people use to get from their guitar to their recording device. Well, simplest one we already touched on is like you you get your Yeah, well, it's not so much a chain, it's just guitar in. right to the, yeah, to the end guitar result. Into that. That, that's it. Yeah. So um now there are other things that that you know we we consider going DI and we'll go into these a little bit more later on here. But mm-hmm. um, as if we have amp style boxes. Right? Well, and, I, and I would step further back from that. And you were mentioning something very briefly. It's like, oh, you might have a booster pedal or something in front of your amp. Mm, so okay. in your chain. You could be using guitar pedals going from your guitar into your pedals, then into the box as you would just like an amp, right? Yeah. So that would be the first thing I would look at is like, maybe you got a booster pedal coming off your guitar going into your chain, so to speak. You do have to kind of watch your gain stage when you do that, but yes. Yeah. I would argue that if, um, if that's a route that you know that okay, well, I have unless it's unless it's like a compressor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's anything more um, like overdrive pedals, anything like that, um, I would say that you, you're kind of asking for trouble. Doing that. <laughs> I, I would you rather, yeah. yeah, I would rather sort of do that after the fact if that's something that you you really really need. I hear um, you. I like the the 
sort of like the purest signal, I guess, going in <laughs> uh, because you're, well, it's just easier to control. And it's like, oh, you know what? That was really, really cool. Um, but I really wish we hadn't used the compressor going in. Sure. Because there's no way of undoing that. And then, you know, th there are ways that, okay, of course, we could have like a splitter signal and we can do it on two tracks, that type of thing, right? Yep. But uh, again, you you might be trying to just reinvent the wheel here. Well, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it in a sense of like, most of the time I would be thinking effects pedals going in. So if you're thinking, oh, I need to have, you know, this chorus and I want it to be in stereo, then then you're, you're splitting your signal through a chorus pedal. You're running on two tracks anyway. But um, rather than talking a whole lot about like sticking pedals in front, because you can do it. And we talked about this on the bass DI recording thing as well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I would be like you more inclined to mimic that pedal chain in the box before yeah. hitting the amp and in between the box and the cabinet, depending on how you would do it in re the real world. I would treat it yeah, the same way in the real world, but I would still run my input signal, as you're saying, a little bit more clean rather than and, and affected in the box. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that there are people that out there, oh, I want to have this particular sound using this pedal. Throw it in the chain. Sure. It's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Just be aware yeah, of your no, game again, stage. it's like if, if you end up with the result that you want, then awesome, great, yes. you know. But if you're doing it as an experimental thing, um, know that you're experimenting. You know? <laughs> um, and it goes back to but, the saying that CJ and I had had is just like, if it is the right sound, use it. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I, I suppose a golden rule would be to kind of consider, because if you are going to use an amp sim, mm -hmm are these boxes that you would put in front of the amp in sort of like a live situation or would they go on the loop? Right. Because if you're putting, I'm not a big fan of people putting like any kind of spatial effects before, the amp, right. you know, to, to the input of the amp. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm not a big fan of like distorted reverb or <laughs> anything <laughs> like that. So uh, some people are, you yeah. know, and if that's what you like, cool. Just, just not my cup of tea. Of sure. Thing. So, so that that would be something to keep in mind. But can you do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And and speaking of can you do it? Let's take a brief moment and let our advertiser say something about whatever it is they're going to say, and we'll be right back. All right. Let's get into the amp style boxes now. You sure. kick that off, sir. I kick that off. Well, I mentioned. Um, now, now we're talking about things that we sort of have the amp in the box as we're going in and we're recording the output sort of like a proper uh, sound coming out of that. So that goes back to me where um, I mentioned the, the first pod, like yes. line six. Mm -hmm. uh, so things like that. And we have those, th there's a multitude of these. I remember. Uh, I still have one sitting in storage. So do I. Yeah. I have the base <laughs> version too. So yay me. Base pod pro. Um, yeah, there's the uh, 11 rack mm -hmm. from, I think it was Digi at that point. Yes. I'm not sure if they were Avid yet. Um, people swear about that. There's today, I mean, explosions with the, the Line 6 have their, their Helix. There's the Kempers, uh, Axe Effects, which I think. Tech 21. Think, Tech 21. There's all of these things that, that do that. Um, all with, you know, great results. I, I think, you know, one of the beautiful things is. I think with um, especially things like Kempers and Axe Effects, mm -hmm. it's like people now when they record with them and then they take their identical 
tone on the road. Yes. You know, lots of acts of touring today and they have just, there's a rack of Kempers and you go, <laughs> boom, it sounds, you know, identical each time. And sure. all the benefits of that too. But, but, but that's that going on on a bit of a tangent. But uh, again, massive versatility. And if you have that thing where I don't want to, you know, use an amp sim or in software form and experiment and do all this kind of stuff. Maybe you have, I have my my tones that I have in my Axe Effects and my Kemper that I know that I'm going to like. Then by all means, go for it. Um, I know people that, you know, they have those units and they love them. Yeah. And, uh, and people that. Who's the guitar you know, player for Accept? <clears throat> Wolf Hoffman? Yes. Dinner at NAMM yeah. two years ago. He and I got into yeah. that discussion. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yep. They use the they use it uh, Kemper's on tour. And yeah. he's like, it's beautiful. Kemper goes down. I have my little sounds on my stick. New Kemper. Plug it in. Boom. I'm right back in seconds. Loves yeah. it. Says it's the yeah. greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, uh, I, I've yet to hear anybody or any, I, I'm, you know, I know a few people that work, you know, the touring musicians and touring techs and all this kind of stuff. And like, yeah, it's just a racky campers, man. And it sounds awesome. Well, and, here's, um, a, this is a fun little anecdote from me go for it. and an experience yeah. that I had. I was doing a rehearsal for a show and I was in a new space and the space that I was in, the walls were just lined with pretty much any amp you could ever think of that you would want to play through. That's pretty <laughs> They're cool. Just stacked everywhere <laughs> in the guy's yeah. studio. And uh, he's like, what amp do you want to plug into? And I'm like dragging in that custom pedal board and my laptop yeah, yeah, that yeah. I developed. Uh -huh. And yeah. I'm like, we're not, I'm, I don't want to plug into any of your amps. I want to go right from my audio interface right into your, uh, your board you know, to from the thing into for the, the thing. Yeah, from the yeah. thing into the thing to just mix the sound direct. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I, he, he just kind of gave me side eye and you know, he <laughs> proceeds what kind of to guitar player are you? <laughs> yeah, right. So I set my pedal down on the floor and I plug in everything with the amp and go right to his board. And the first thing he says is like, uh, can you turn it down? <laughs> <laughs> and of course the beautiful thing is, is I have a master volume output, so I don't have to change the tone of anything. I can literally just turn down the master out and he can get whatever signal he needs. So of course I turn it down and we proceed to do the entire rehearsal. We get done and the guy is like literally his mind, like when I was talking to you about the studio devil thing, his mind is just blown. He's like, dude, I have heard every amp simulation under the sun. Never in my life have I heard one that sounds as real, as perfect as yours. And he goes, I have to know what you're doing. And of course, then of course it becomes this like 30 minute venture into running him through how I'm doing the signal, the software I'm using, the way I'm doing it and all that. And it just blew his mind. He couldn't fathom it. And he's like, Oh yeah. man, I've, I mean, he goes, Kemper's Axe effects. You can always tell that they're not real. And I'm like, well, okay. But you know, I didn't agree with that <laughs> statement, but yeah, he felt like he could tell like whether it was a pod or a tech 21 or any of those things. He goes, they always have just certain something about them that just don't sound quite right. He goes, but whatever you're doing, I can't tell. 
And I'm like going, well, there you hmm. go. So uh, yeah. I, I changed his whole perspective on that particular rehearsal. <laughs> well, good. And then maybe hope, hopefully his ears have been opened and mind has been opened. Because sure. I, I, we've said this before that I think the the mental hangups that, that guitar players generally have is is their biggest obstacle. When it oh, comes it's entirely mental. And I think you know, we've actually mentioned that on the podcast before. We have, yeah. And it's, you know, it's... It's also, it seems like there, there's this, you know, ideological battle where it's like, oh, this is better. No, this is better. Like, well, <laughs> neither is better. It's his tools, right? If, Which you, tool is the right tool get. for the job? Exactly. Yeah. So um, we have that. Now, there are other things that we can do that are technically DIing here as well, besides using these all everything in one kind of boxes. Mm -hmm. And that would be if we we're using a cab simulator. Sure. So we might have, you know, our favorite head, our favorite amp, but instead of running that into a speaker and micing that up, there are great cab simulators uh, today. So you basically run that in, take the, the line out from from the cab sim yep. and into your, yeah. So, um, well, you go out the cab I mean, into the cab simulator, or you go out the amp yeah. head and then you go into your cab simulator cab box sim. out of the simulator box into your recording device. So, yeah, uh, two notes makes a wonderful box. Yeah. As does you, Universal you Audio with the yeah. Ox box, I think it's called OX. I think, yeah. I don't know if they call it the Ox box or just the Ox, but whatever it is, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very nice feature. And it, the other cool thing about it, it comes with the software that you use with your iPad or your phone or whatever. And you can dial in the, it, it's just like you do with red wires. You just dial in, although your choices aren't as, as extravagant as say with red wires, but you can dial in like three or four sources and, and, and dial in the sound right there. Sure. Yeah, no, that's, you know, the, it's the flexibility of that. And then, because then you don't have to worry. Let's say that you're, you're in your hotel room or whatever, and you get the urge to lay down some tracks, and then you don't have to worry about waking up the rest of the hotel. And, <laughs> but or if you're in an apartment, your, you don't have to wake up the rest of your neighbors at two in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So great. And that, the first time I heard about a box like that, I think this goes back to, Rockman. I want to say probably, well, that too. The Rockman was sort of like the first of that, right? But but I think there was um, the Palmer speaker emulator, right? That I know that um, Van Halen used. I think um, maybe it was his live. I'm not sure, but but there were those. I think the guys in Def Leppard used them at one point as well when they were trying. So so this was around, but there was it was just not as common, I think. And, sure. and the, it might have been a price point issue as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I I have to think that the first actual direct box that I probably ever had experience with was the Rockman. Yeah. And when you plug the guitar into that and you put on a pair of headphones and use the headphone jack, it sounded amazing. Yeah. It didn't sound That's like a Tom, normal guitar, but it sounded amazing. And that was Tom it, Tom Schultz of, of Boston, I think, invented Boston, that yeah. thing because he yeah. was trying to solve an issue that he had recording in his basement, I assume, because <laughs> yeah. that's where those things yeah. were recorded. 
I think he had like an engineering degree as well. Well, yeah, so he's he like was, a mechanical yeah, or yeah. electrical engineer or some sort of engineer. Yeah. He he knew what the hell he was doing. <laughs> right. So if you know what the hell you're doing, maybe you come up with something new now. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, and revolutionize again. Yeah. Well, and um, we keep hinting at the fact that this pedal board thing that I built to run my, essentially my laptop rig, uh, We'll eventually get to it in a podcast episode, I assume. You know um, what you should do? You no. should you should maybe do that for uh, the Tuesday tip. Just show that. Show just the to kind of see how show you, it how in you the direct recording thing, even though I'm not running in through the box because technically all the boxes is a controller for the software. Right. I'm not running just, anything. I mean, through just the show box. it. Just do a quick thing. You know. Yeah, so. I could do that. Yeah. You, Why you not? Could. Well, at least show some pictures. We'll we'll throw some up there. On Instagram <laughs> or throw a picture. Up there. Uh, yeah. So. Um, what we the, the recurring theme here that we're we're going at is essentially like don't be so Afraid. caught up in old dogma because anything that that gets you the result that you want that that's what you should use right yeah and sometimes it is as easy as you know just plugging into a console and going right in maybe you know get that funky clean tone and and. You know, that, that's all you need, right, to kind of cut through a mix. And sometimes it's, it's really, really easy to, especially with all the wonderful options that we have today, that we really want to overthink things. It's like, oh, I have to do this or I have to do this, right? Well, do you really, though? You know? <laughs> no. Um, so lots and lots of flexibility. So if you are one of those guitar players that you feel, you know, no, it has to be an app, well, maybe give it a shot. You know, and see what. Try it out; it'll blow be. your mind. Yeah, yeah. Because I did um, that to think, another guitar player on a project who wanted to wheel in his giant stack, and I told him flat out, "Yeah, you told leave us, it in yeah. the car because <laughs> yeah. we're going to go leave direct." It in the car, right? Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's true, and I, you know, it's even to the point now where I think um, I don't want to mention the band. Or the producer, because I, I I'm not sure who the band was. So, but but the story is still valid. That like where um, there was an artist, and they were going to send the tracks to somebody else to mix, mm. right? And he was going to be the mix engineer. He was going to put it all together. Um, and they asked them, "Well, how do you want this? Do you want you want us to print your amps?" Or print our amps, and, and how you can do? Are you going to reamp these, or how do you want them? And he said, "What are you talking about? Just, just just print whatever you have and give me the DI." You know, so it's like I'm going to use my amp sims here, no matter <laughs> no matter what you, you do that you've got, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's not one of those. Oh, it's just the bedroom guys that do this. Like I think a lot of you know, studios, they want the DI just to make sure that this is going to work. And the software is that good these days. It really, really is. Yeah. So, so um, let's kind of take this because we, we've been talking about all the things we use around it, but we haven't actually talked about the process of actually getting it uh, when you're recording it. And you're, we, we did in the bass episode, we talked about the fact that you can record the affected process so that you could have a copy of it. But when you're recording DI, it's a very, 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 very good idea to keep the unadulterated DI signal as its own track. 
Yes. So that when you do send it off to be mixed, if something is not working in the arrangement, something's not working in the sonics of the sound that you've got, you've got your original unadulterated guitar track that you can then go back and reamp. Because we talked about yeah. this in the reamping uh, episode. We also talked this in the bass episode. It gives the mixing engineer room to work with to change the sound if it's not working in the arrangement. So always, even if you're miking an amp, split the damn signal. Get a DI of that thing. So yeah, that you it's not have, a bad idea. It's not a bad idea to get a DI even if you're miking a cabinet which we're not talking about in this particular episode. But if you are miking a cabinet, you should be splitting the signal and getting a DI of that same guitar part. Highly recommended. Yeah. Highly, highly, yep. highly, highly recommended for options down the road if things are not working in the mix. Bingo. Yep. Right? Bingo. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with all of that. So um, should we put a bow on that then? I think you just did. I did. I put a bow on it. So <laughs> that so means now, it's time for Friday finds. And we always kick blah, 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 blah. We always kick it off with Chris. That's easy for you to say, huh? It is yeah. when I'm not trying <laughs> to tie my tongue in knots. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, if you are ever in a, let's say, creative rut, rut and you find yourself that you need some sort of new input some new stimulus, anything. There is a wonderful website called Piano Book. And what that is, it's a free resource for sample instruments. Mm. So this is all, it's sort of run by Chris Henson from Spitfire Audio. Okay. And you know how you know, neurotic and good they are about sampling. So yes. there's some great stuff there where people are uh, creating sample instruments usually it's it's a contact instrument or also for the exs well now it's called sampler in logic uh, but a lot of great stuff there so sometimes just getting a new sound getting going with something can uh, you know refocus your your energy when you're creating so piano book is my oh my friday find uh what about you jody Mine is going to be Session Wire. Ooh. And I can't remember if I've already mentioned this on the podcast. I may or may not have. But Session Wire well, is now in an deserves open, to be mentioned again. It deserves yeah. to be mentioned again. It is now in an open beta, mm -hmm. which means everybody can go participate. And what Session Wire is is kind of like a Zoom call specifically designed for recording between people, be between studios, between two locations. And the nifty thing about it is, is it comes with a couple of different plugins that don't, the, the, I guess the, the way I should say it, the previous version of session wire required you to create complicated setups on your Mac requiring uh, aggregate devices and all kinds of weird stuff. They have done away with the need for the aggregate device. They have plugins now that work in just about every DAW. There are a couple of DAWs that you can't use them in. One of them being Luna. Come on, Yune, get your shit together. Um, but uh, you, you, you can work these plugins in a variety of ways. And the way actually you and I are currently working with it, we are 
recording the high level audio between you and I using some cues and everything else in logics to be able to hear each other as we're speaking and see each other on camera as yay. we are. Yay. You know, there are a couple. Hi, Jody. <laughs> and so that's the cool thing about SessionWire is you also, in addition to the plugins, you get this app and the app allows you to use your webcam to see the other person. You can also do chats. You can, uh, you can talk to each other through the app, but you can also use the talkback plugins in your DAW. And it's not like you need logic to logic or uh, live to live or fruity loops to fruity loops. You can interact from one DAW to another, whether it's logic to uh, fruity loops or Cubase to digital performer. Any uh, DAW that allows you to take input on any channel from any source will be able to use session wire. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's sort of like having audio movers with zoom, which is yeah. the previous way to kind of do it. You'd have your zoom call and then you'd have audio movers as the plugins so that you could actually get high quality audio and see each other. So mm -hmm. it's the system is nearing perfection in a sense with their beta as they have it now. So they want more users to be able to come together and give them more feedback on how it's all working for them. Uh, but I can say that it's been a pretty nifty setup for us and it's worked out quite yep. well for the most part. It's not a hundred percent perfect yet, but it's very, very, it's getting there and their yeah. goal is to get it there and go beyond. And so please do that. And with that, I'm done. So while we still have your attention. Please go to our website and leave us a review at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com forward slash reviews. Or just go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and you'll get a plethora of previous posts from all of our previous episodes and our Tuesday tips all in one centralized location. In addition to that, you can sign up for our email list and you will get some, hint, hint, free stuff or goods. If you go to inside the recording studio.com forward slash gift, actually, anytime you sign up for the email list, you'll still get the gift. And that gift includes presets of slate digital plugins and presets of universal audio plugins from Chris and I, so that you can have additional tools in your arsenal to make your mixes sound better. In addition to that, if you wish to send us an email at gold star, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com with the word guitar, you might just get something cool in your inbox back. And if you have a topic of suggestion or a suggested topic, I always say that backwards for the first time every time, damn it. Uh, so topic of suggestion or suggestion of a topic that you would like Chris and I to talk about in a future episode, contact us on the contact form at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and we'll put it into rotation for your pleasure in the future. And with that, I'm going to say, see ya! Have a good one, Jody. I'll talk to you later.